Gio Gavano, and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast. Hit him with a, hit him with a three count. Pin him to the ground and the crowd go wild, man down, know me y'all like. Hit him with a three count. On the top rope. Going on. What is going on? What is going on? It is your boy, the Air Force fan and Intel Specialist. The one you call on when you need to get the job done in your friendly neighborhood, Red Dog. So, question is, where is Chaz? Well, he is currently, well, he probably, probably right now, is the main event of what's going on at Outbreak Wrestling. So big shout out to Outbreak. We definitely love you guys. Thank you for having us out a few times. But this is the Three Count Podcast Debate Show. And uh, yeah, let's just be 100 with it. We have a lot of us here today, right? So you can see we even have a special guest. So let's go down the roster. First up, he is the man who owes no man money, but all men owe him money to include Judas and his six pieces of silver after his big betrayal. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the Dark Lord himself, Damien Fatal. Yep, and I'm still going to collect on that just to let y'all know. <laughs> and currently, you guys see him. He's right next to me. He is to some a son. He is to some a best friend. He is to some in a certain area of the land of 308 or 402. A Husker. He is, to some in Maryland, a Tiger. But to the rest of us who love him, he is Q. He is a wrestler. He is Quishon Alexander. Yes, sir. In the flesh. In the flesh. Appreciate the intro, as always. Hey, man. I definitely am appreciative that you're here. Again, you and I always be chopping it up on the side, though. And it's always a blast to, like, have these kind of cool conversations. Like, whether we're on the road or we're just, you know. Bullshitting all the time. <laughs> it's vibing, baby. Bet. So, guys, here we go with some announcements because you guys need those because I know how you guys do. Y'all just looking, looking, looking. So, if you guys haven't bought one of our Three Count Podcast t-shirts, we have that guy right there. We have this guy right here. You guys can find us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Forks, that's the Three Count Pod. It's there, the number three. Also, follow us on all social media platforms, right? Right up above us, right? There's the Twitter one. Three count underscore pod. You guys see the TikTok one all the way at the end. Three count pod. You guys see the one right above right here. It says three count pod. You guys know where this is at. You guys make sure to follow us on our YouTube channels as well as on anchor.fm or any of your favorite podcasting sites because let's be real. We have always have content for you guys, whether it's our debate shows or we have now entering. Speaking of which, let's talk about who's entering the week, entering the ring this week. We have Mr. Aaron Connors coming in. Uh, definitely excited to have him, PWX especially. Uh, congratulations to Aaron uh, because as of last night, he is the new Heritage Champion. So big shout-outs to him. And we also have Corey Cross entering the ring, a uh, big veteran. A uh, lot of great information coming out of that podcast. So you guys, make sure to check it out. And also, tell us what which one of the interviews that we've done that you've been interested in and you've been checking out, you know, uh, maybe one of us right there, that guy, has uh, been a, a guest. Maybe he was on there one time. I don't know. You have, that. We'll have to find out. Uh, we'll definitely go through. Um, someone said, so is Q here for Q&A? Ha, 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 ha. Great jokes. Uh, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys want to, you guys can definitely ask Q. <laughs> yes. 
Ask Q, uh, his answers will be there. I like the fact that they're like, yeah, his initials are Q and A, but <laughs> yeah, we're going to go on. <laughs> so let's talk about it, right? We uh, we have a lot of matches that were on this week. I mean, a lot of good matches. So we're going to go through match of the week. Week, week, week. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there first, right? My match of the week, I don't, I don't throw my top tens out there until the very end. So we're going to go with the honorable mention which to me was the Street Profits versus RK Bros on Monday Night Raw. So I will give it to the Dark Lord. Who was your, what was your match of the week? Ooh, that's hard. Uh, I'm trying to think. What, what happened this week? A lot. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Um... Oh man, I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to admit to it. I think it might be uh, Planned Parenthood again. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I gotta stop admitting this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one, buddy. All right, all right. So you guys saw he's he's openly not admitting that AEW may have had his top match of the week. Uh, <laughs> Q, man, what was your match of the week? Um, I got to throw back to uh, Ricochet, man. Ricochet and Sami Zayn, dude. Uh, finally putting the title on him, I think, is uh, it's it's well-deserved. I mean, if you saw the spots in that match, just his pure athleticism, what he can do, I think the sky's the limit, obviously. Um, I'm a big Ricochet fan, so I guess it's kind of biased. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that dude's great. So, I, again, I, I, think it was, I think it was a good call, and it was good to put some gold over him. Listen. Wrestling is subjective. People will put out their match of the week. Uh, Rich put a his match of the week. Uh, Red Dog and Prince Machiavelli versus the Grimy Scots. I'm not going to talk about that match. Maybe one of us almost threw up in it. It is what it is. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the pictures on Twitter, go ahead and follow me on Twitter. You know, the underscore Red Dog 85. You guys can, you guys can see what happened uh, on that show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh let's get into Amen. our first topic for tonight. So it was announced last night, right? Uh or not last night, I'm sorry, on Wednesday night actually on Dynamite that uh one Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. Um so really the debate topic is gonna be today. Was it was it good that AEW purchase Ring of Honor, or more importantly, was it good that Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor? And uh, do we think it's good for the business? So I will let Q, because you are our guest, I will let you start us off. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting, man. Um, I think when you think of all the talent um, that goes into professional wrestling, and you look at like what they're doing with dark matches and things like that, and the people that they want to have on. I think it opens up the doors for a lot of those guys more than anything so that AEW can actually finally, like, set a roster, like, you know what I mean, have a legit- legitimate mainstay while using other workers over for uh, Ring of Honor. Like, it only seems like a really good business idea. The only thing I'm worried about really is how they're going to run it, you know what I mean? Is it going to be a, a one-week thing every two weeks or, or, or how it's going to go, you know? Are they going to have shows, you know, three shows a week, you know? So I think seeing that side of it would be interesting, but... I mean, thinking about the wrestling overflow and 
and and uh, and and how much talent there is, it's it's going to be good. Like I said, any any business that opens up doors for wrestlers, it's it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dark Laura, what you got? Okay. <laughs> well, I have a lot of uh, issues, I guess, with the whole situation as a whole. Um. First and foremost, I'd like to say that uh, this is going to play very, very nicely into Cody's work of leaving Planned Parenthood. I feel like, you know, to be a good story for them as far as the situation as a, you know, in a whole, as far as I'm afraid that, I'm afraid that like Tony Khan, instead of doing the right thing, and having somebody else run the Ring of Honor and him not trying to run Planned Parenthood and Ring of Honor at the same time because, yeah, he's not Vince McMahon. I don't think he can pull that off. I mean, he's going to have to do a lot more coke to be able to keep up with the workload. So, I mean, he looks like he's doing enough as it is. But... Like, that's what I'm afraid. I'm afraid that it's going to be, it's going to hurt Ring of Honor. Mm. Like, if he tries to run both. Because if he's going, if he's thinking of doing that, he just needs to shut down Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'll, this is how I think of it, right? And I kind of hope, so my hope is that Tony Khan is, and this is going to sound so wild when I say this, I want Tony Khan to be, the Disney of the wrestling industry. And when I say that, this is what I mean. I want to see Cody kind of come in and run Ring of Honor and let Ring of Honor just do Ring of Honor, right? Or even if you just have the same way, just Ring of Honor just runs Ring of Honor the way they should, right? And just let them do it, right? Um, They're going to bring in profit. So when I talk about like Disney, Disney bought Marvel, Disney bought Lucasfilms, Disney bought Pixar, Disney bought Fox, right? And in those senses, all they do is just kind of feed them money and let them run their projects and then just let them be profitable and come back, right? Now, exactly. there are rules like Disney does where they're like, you can't do certain things, say certain things, right? But uh, I feel like that's how this whole process should go, right? Like Ring of Honor should be, hey, you guys are doing your thing. You guys keep doing great things. Just keep doing it. And we're going to keep keep helping you guys out, right? I kind of hope that that's the way it goes. But this is a different industry, right? This is an industry yeah. where people are always looking to stamp their names and their legacies into stuff. I would I would think that this would be just another avenue for wrestlers to get in to be able to work, right? So maybe they have some people who are kind of like on the future, like they're not really 100% sure of. They brought them on dark a couple of times and they're like, hey, they're working really well, but we're going to move them from We'll sign them, but we're going to put them in Ring of Honor and help train them up and get them to where we think they should be at, and then we'll move them over, right? So you kind of treat like a developmental. Um, yeah. And if not, you know, because I know a lot of people will be like, well, that's what Dark is, or that's what Elevation is for, is for those. But there's not a consistent training program for them, right? Like, if you yeah. look at the Monster Factory or you look at uh, Nightmare Factory, right? Like, that's a school that's training wrestlers to be, like, to – grow in the industry and to move up in the world but aew doesn't really have that system wwe has nxt right that's their developmental that you go from nxt then you go up to the main roster so i would like to see ring of honor be that side project where like 
the wrestlers come in, they work really hard, and then they, you know, they get put on TV and they can show that they can grow. And AEW can either move them or they can just keep them. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the moves and see what Tony wants to do with the roster. Because when you look at the roster already, it was really stacked. Like, no, it was a lot of hidden talent on it Ring was. of Honor. And I'm just like, man, I would just love to see Ring of Honor just either A, keep doing their thing, or B, you know, you kind of treat it like the developmental and you help grow the rest of the rest the rest of the industry. I'm afraid it's gonna get watered down. Mm. Like that's also what I'm like afraid of Ring of Honor, just because like it's fucking Ring of Honor, for God's sakes. Like you can't fuck this up. Like if he fucks this up, like that's going to set that whole entire thing that they're doing like way back like it's oh god it's so easy for him to fuck this up considering how new he is into the business itself like he's brand spanking fucking new like technically he's like still in diapers if you really want to call a spade a spade and like he's been doing pretty decently I gotta hand that to him been doing pretty decently with Planned Parenthood. Like, you know, they're they're doing their thing. But we all know what happens if you spread yourself too thin. Mm -hmm. Then everything suffers. So it won't be just Ring of Honor that will suffer. It will be Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I think if I could could say, uh, you know, another thing was um, about spreading yourself too thin. When you think about the introduction uh, to ROH again, Mm -hmm. You have to think about, you know, just just TV time and and everything that's going on with wrestling. Like, there's a lot of promotions out there right now, and I think Danielson uh, said it in like a, when he got asked the question. But he was he was wondering like, you know, what's it what's it really going to run like? You know, is it going to be like just a little library, a catalog that you have to go online and watch, or is it, you know, are they going to run weekly episodic shows? And you know, what's that going to look like in terms of numbers and logistics? I think that part of it is like the most interesting because it's it's more of the business side. And I think I think everything about it, again, back to what uh, uh, Red Dog was saying was, you know, it, it is a, a door opener for a lot of wrestlers, especially a lot of wrestlers yeah. to like get get seen and like and like move up. You know, I'm, I'm even excited about it because I, I think, again, it just opens up an avenue for for plenty of people who may not be able to make it to a main show just yet. And most of the time that can just be due to numbers, you know just having, you know, too many superstars. So it, it opens up that door, but it, it'll be interesting to see like how they'll run it and, and how much TV time it'll get, or if it will get TV time at all, you know, and, and how they're going to really profit it and, uh, and market everything. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy, but it's a crazy good, a good thing for Tony Khan to buy it. And if he uses the people he's been using um, to kind of help him run AEW, cause he's not doing that by himself. You know what I mean? Um, that I think that'll go the best way as long as he doesn't get too ahead of himself, I think, and, 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 you know, looks to other people to run the business and help him run the business efficiently. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a really good thing. It's going to be hard to stop. See, okay. So you bring up a couple points points. I kind of want to touch on those things, right? Because like mm-hmm. Tony Khan definitely has been like lifting up AEW and you're right. He has a lot of great minds that are in the industry with him. Right. And we can go with Dean Malenko, the big show, Mark Henry, Serena D, right. All these former yeah, I know a lot of you can be out there happy about saying this. All these former WWE uh, personnel 
are going to be able to either go from like AEW or Ring of Honor and like help train up the new crop and let those guys kind of guys and girls flourish. What I really wanted to talk about, and you talked about the numbers and logistically how things are going to run, because let's not fake the funk, right? And this was another news thing that got dropped, and I really wanted to talk about this too, and I forgot to write it down. But AEW is in rumors to be talking with HBO Max about joining their platform, right? Mm -hmm. So you could possibly end up having uh, AEW and on HBO Max, and you can watch Dynamite, you can watch Dark, you can watch Dark, Dark Elevation, you can watch Ring of Honor, and you can watch All In, right? Because that's that's where your platform is going to be. Mm-hmm. And you know, buying that library and being able to watch all those matches. Imagine going back and watching like Samoa Joe versus you know Chris Daniels or CM Punk or Brian Danielson back from like those days. And now mm-hmm. being able to access those on HBO Max, I think it's okay. there's a there's a lot of interesting pieces. And although Tony could mess it up, I don't think he will because obviously when you have like the Young Bucks, you have Kenny. Whether or not you know you kind of want to buy into the Cody storyline, you have that going on. There's so it's many moving pieces. Yeah, there's so many moving pieces going on right now. I'm I'm very interested to see like. Mm-hmm. Where does AEW go next mm-hmm. after this? And that's the other part too. Like, do do we see a possibility of a sale of another major promotion, and then possibly, you know, AEW trying to scoop that up? I, because the funny thing was, is like when I go back and look, I see AEW like messing around with different program or different promotions, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk about pro uh, gorilla uh, PWG, right? So pro gorilla wrestling, right? Or you look at Northeastern Wrestling up in, in uh, Connecticut, right? You can look at – you can see where they're starting to branch out. Those guys are becoming bigger, right? Because even recently, right, John Moxley popped up at NEW, and there were some other people that were supposed to be on that show. You've seen, obviously, with PWG, that's the home of the Young Bucks, right? And you can catch a lot of wrestlers going back. Malachi Black, for instance, was there with Brody King, and they just won their tag championships. So you see – they're impacting in certain areas. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you catch them like up in Washington, some of them being down in Texas. If you look out towards maybe like New York, you're going to catch, you know, Santana and Ortiz popping up on shows. So they're always going to be around. And it's been really interesting to see uh, the talent uh, be able to be utilized. And you kind of see AEW kind of having their part, which I think when this business was launched three years ago, this was like one of the smartest things that Tony did. And Tony straight up said like, you guys can't pop up on other television shows, right? But you can pop up on any indie booking that you want. And now we're starting to see that effect now. Like, yeah. you can see, like, oh, Moxley and Malachi Black are going to be at NEW next week? Bet. I'm going to go watch that show. Oh, mm-hmm. you mean we can go to PWG and check out uh, the, was it Kings of the Kings of the uh, Dark? I forget. You know, Malachi Black and Brody King. You can check them out there? Bet. Oh, you mean to tell me that Buddy Murphy is going to be in Ohio? bet so you're seeing like all the the branch outs of everything and it's just it's very interesting to see how the talent pool is like being affected because of everybody being able to work with you know bigger yeah. names yeah and that brings up such a good point too because again i think everything goes back i mean like if you think about the foundation of wrestling um even the e used to do it with territories a huge huge marketing uh uh tool for 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 anyone who gets to do it like that has a bigger platform like for AEW to allow wrestlers to go do that is is so huge because like you're giving you're giving more life to those smaller shows, but like you're allowing fans to really see the product and buy into the product and see their favorite superstars, and that only brings everything back to you full circle. You know what I mean? 
like WWE superstars, unfortunately, really can't do that. Yeah, you know I mean, it takes a lot, a lot of work to to be able to do something like that. So, like for AEW wrestlers um, to be allowed to do those types of things, is huge because it helps it helps their morale. I mean, that's a big thing too, right? Like they can go and perform at different places and make money, especially for like you know if you're you're on the lower tier of like your contract. Um, but again, I mean, having territories is still such a huge thing, and I, I think AEW being able to go and say, you know what, like we're gonna go and and, and let our wrestlers like invest themselves and, and immerse themselves into these territories it's only going to come back right back to them tenfold, you know? Yeah, it's See, so true. It, well, I mean, it makes sense that, that you know, Planned Parenthood is allowing that to happen because it kind of works for them. You know, WWE can't do that just because mm-hmm. of the structure plan that they have. You know what I mean? Like, they have way more investors and and money invested in their wrestlers. And like you know, they they can't afford the, the wrestlers to go out to another show and get injured. Mm. Whereas Planned Parenthood, they have their roster is extensive. Like it's huge. Like a lot of people don't you don't get to see everybody, but that's why they have two what, YouTube shows, right? Mm-hmm. So, like as you were saying, like if they get that uh, deal with. HBO Max, dude, that would be amazing because then they could keep Ring of Honor and do a weekly show on HBO Max, getting over other talent that are on Elevation and Dark and all the people that you don't really get the chance to see. Like you said, send send the younger guys and the people that you don't want to put on national TV right now. That way they're still being able to work and also do whatever else they're doing to still get work to get better. So, if it's played that way, then there's no way that, you know, Tony can fuck this up. Like, literally, there's no way he can fuck this up, especially if they get a streaming deal. Honestly, I didn't ever think about putting Ring of Honor on HBO Max as a weekly show. That would be, I would, that'd be, me, that'd be hot. To be honest, if I get it, if I didn't get HBO, thanks, thanks to you, Verizon, for letting me get HBO Max, right? <laughs> but if I didn't get HBO Max, like, I, oh, that would make me buy it. Yeah, that, that would make me get it. You want to buy it, right? For yeah. a weekly, yeah, I would. Yeah, a weekly Ring of Honor fucking show. Yeah, and then you think it. about, and then I mean, you think about just HBO's market in general. You're bringing your product, um, you know, to their platform, and now you're, you know, every every wrestling fan's already gonna move over. You know, yeah. um, I even bought Peacock. I had to. I was like you know, F it, like, I'm, I'm gonna have to, you know what I'm saying, yeah. um, but, you know, every wrestling fan's gonna come over, but now you get to tap into a whole different market, you know what I mean? Yeah, because um, you got people that normally wouldn't watch it. Mm-hmm, and you got a bunch of different viewers, and HBO's great at, at being able to market everything, and, and I mean, it, it, ha- it has a big market, I mean, it's been running for this long, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, you got boxing fans and everything over there, too, so, like, again, you're gonna, you're gonna grab on to a lot of people that way. And just imagine too, like all those, like all the the, the WWE fans that are like, "Well, I'm not watching uh, AEW right at all." But then they're gonna find out that Ring of Honor is gonna be on on HBO. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're getting people that'll be like, "Well, I still have the Peacock Network, I, but I just want to see what this this." Mm-hmm. And I already have, and a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, I already have HBO, so let me just go ahead and see what this ROH thing is all about." Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get a oh lot yeah, you get that massive crossover. 
And then you introduce like a couple of AEW guys into it. So then they'll be like, oh, I have to watch AEW now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it'll get them to tune in. And it's like, all right, what did I miss? Let me see what see what this is about. So like, <laughs> like I said, in, in retrospect, Booger Sugar Khan should not be able to fuck this up. And I said that just because, you know, that's what uh, <laughs> Idol likes to call us. So I figured that'd be nice. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our other favorite topic, heat check. And the way heat check works is we're going to talk about the hottest wrestler of the week and the coldest wrestler of the week. So I'm going to start this off with my hottest wrestler of the week. Let's not let's not fade the funk, man. I, I'm going to call it the way I'm going to call it. Uh, and a lot of people may not like it, but I will say Tasha Steele's is my hottest wrestler of the week getting the big win over Mickey James at Sacrifice. So I'm going to go with that. Coldest wrestler of the week. Uh, we got to keep the streak going. Uh, Sean Spears, uh, sir, you are you are the coldest wrestler of the week. So, Dark Lord, it's on you. <laughs> uh, well, as always, I'm going to go with my tribal chief, your tribal chief. The Universal Champion, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. That's my And uh, I think I'm going to have to go along with you, buddy. Yes, John Spears. Yes, the coldest wrestler, 100%. You suck, dude. Mr. Royce, just, just know your wife is better. Back. Q, give me your hottest wrestler of the week and your coldest wrestler of the week. Damn. Um. So he stole my. Um. He definitely stole what I what I was gonna say because again I'm a big WWE guy. But if I have to pick someone else, um, as as hottest, and I'm gonna take it to the girls, Thunder Rosa. Um, had a match with uh, Mercedes, I believe, right? Oh, it was her and Mercedes versus uh yeah. Britt Baker and uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Hayden. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, coldest wrestler. I, you know, I don't, I don't really want heat, so I, I don't. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> coldest wrestler. I'm gonna go with Ron Holiday, man. I don't know. Hey. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> <Ron>, man. <laughs> um. So, so we did have a fan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this up here. Uh, what did he do? Uh, the answer to that riddle is nothing, <laughs> and that's that's it. <laughs> Yep, not a thing. It's just nothing. So, also, uh, Rich put out there his hot wrestler is MJF, which I do not disagree with. That is definitely no. That that thing. segment was hot. That segment was actually hot, and I can't believe I just committed to that. But yeah, that, <laughs> it would have been better if it was on some somewhere else. <laughs> uh, and then uh, his coldest wrestler is Cesaro. Not fair. Okay. That's not I fair. Mean, that just That's dirty. The man is a treasure. <laughs> He's a he natural is. treasure. He is. Uh, Roman Reigns. What did Roman Reigns do this week? Uh, yo, he be Roman Reigns. Look, the be he look. You know he look. He ain't got to do shit. All he, he got to do is show up on camera. camera. That's it. He ain't even got to talk. Him showing Ooh. up is like the hottest thing on SmackDown. Period. You watch, yeah. You watch SmackDown for yeah. Roman Reigns. That's it. Exactly. So they need to acknowledge him. Yep. 
100% facts. That's the crazy <laughs> thing, too, man, is that, like, this man has cut two of the hottest promos in back-to-back weeks, man. And we have talked about MJF and his storyline, and he's running with CM Punk. Like, these last two weeks, can we be real, man? This has been, like, as far as storytelling goes, this has been, like, the best, like, no, it's in been good. memory. No, it's been good. Like, well, you go, okay, look. They're gearing up for what tonight, right? Planned Parenthood. And then <laughs> I mean, come on, you got WrestleMania coming around the fucking corner for God's sakes. I mean, like mm-hmm. they it's this is the this is the this time of the season, it's the Super Bowl. It's the World yeah. Series. It's the World Cup. You know what I mean? It's Wembley. It's 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 all that combined. So this is like this is what eleven months leads up to is around this time and that's kind of going ironically funny enough because of wrestlemania most companies small and big make this their important time of the year if you think about it yep wrestlemania week there is so much fucking wrestling from everybody Mm. because everybody's jumping on that train that Vinnie mac made Yo, can we be okay? Well, I'm gonna share this too. Before we jump into topic two, I'm gonna share this too. Uh, big shout outs to GCW uh, for their uh, for the culture event and getting ready to come up. But Hit Row is going to be battling against Shane Taylor Promotions. I am hyped for what this is going to be. Yeah. So, uh, AKA Top Dollar will be making his debut, but uh, O'Shea Edwards and Shane Taylor are battling uh i think they call it hit records uh i gotta go back and look but yeah so they're gonna be yo i was like oh this Ooh, is gonna that's fun. gonna be fun that's gonna be a lot of fun facts but let's get into our second debate topic this is gonna be kind of a, a mishmash uh uh put together right so uh, one, we're going to talk about WWE and the fact that they want all their people to have short-term memories. And then two, we're going to talk about, and this is going to be kind of the, the, the bigger, we're going to talk about that interview that Vince McMahon had with Pat McAfee, because I feel like that was uh, a pretty massive story, especially because like you got kind of, you kind of got to see a little bit of the insight of Vince's mind, but then obviously like he was still portraying that character up in the front too. So it's kind of a combination of two things, right? So I want to start into this, right? Uh, the reason we're talking about the short-term memory for fans is because last uh, Friday night, right, to say, say Sunday, on Friday night, SmackDown, uh, Ronda Rousey was talking about how she wanted to be the first person to tap out Charlotte Flair. Now, I don't know if one of the writers is brand new or if, you know, Vince didn't really read the script all that well. But the fact that we know that we kind of know, I want to say that, right, that some of the wrestlers are scripted, right, but... If we go back into WWE's history, we know that Becky Lynch and we know that Sasha Banks both have tapped out Charlotte Flair, right? So you can't really use that argument, right? It's just, it's it's super flawed. So, I mean, she could say, like, I would be the first person to tap out uh, Charlotte at WrestleMania. That might work. But the fact that she kind of, like, ended it the way of saying, like, I'm going to be the first person who taps out Charlotte Flair, period just didn't really work right so that's why i was like that's not gonna work out for you yeah uh someone asked did oscar i think oscar might have tapped her out i don't remember off the top of my mind i don't remember 
I don't remember no, actually, either. Exactly no, I think Oscar's dropped twice to, to Charlotte. I believe so. I don't think she's ever beat Charlotte. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the thing that we're kind of talking about. And then, I was like, it's it's weird because there are things that happen in WWE and that they don't take into account that fan, long-term fans that are, like, watching the product, they legitimately dive into this and they talk about this all the time, right? And they're like, hey, this, this doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense because you guys have said this. You guys have said this present tone before, right? So it's one of those things where you're going to have to, like, you're going to have to kind of make up for it next week on SmackDown. You're going to have to be like, yeah, so we're going to talk. We, I kind of have to backtread my words because this was already done. Right, so if she, mm-hmm. if Ronda comes out next week and she's like, "Hey, uh, I want to be the first woman that taps you out at WrestleMania," boom! Now we've just corrected what might have been just a minor mistake, but it feels like a lot of times, like WWE, kind of like pushes history out the window because, mm-hmm. like, and it's it like, a year, it's like, like a oh, they do it all the time. Yeah. It's like a refresh. Come on now, especially so, like, if somebody fucks up. Look, because if you, you fuck like, up in the E. They'll never You're talk right. about. They'll never talk about that WrestleMania match where Ronda got pinned by Becky, but she never really got pinned by Becky. But Becky will be like, "I got to win over Ronda." Her shoulders were never on the mat. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, so you know, it's it's crazy to look at and think about. And I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, whatever. But then on the second side of those things, right? And we'll just have you guys give you kind of briefs on everything. It was very interesting to listen to the Pat McAfee interview. If you guys didn't get a chance to, go check out the Pat McAfee show. Uh, he had Vince McMahon on there for about an hour. And it was supposed to be an hour interview, but it went like an hour and some change. Uh, yeah, like an hour and 37 and, minutes. Yeah, and Vince, Vince sitting there shooting on Shane, talking about yeah. like, <laughs> business. You got to get rid of him. And I was like, oof, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but it was just crazy to hear like all the insights. He did say he made the announcement that he'll be the person who's inducting the Undertaker into the Hall of Fame, which, which I think is this, awesome. they said is the fourth person that Vince McMahon has inducted, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But there's like a lot of like crazy, the crazy other parts that we're going into. We talk about how if wrestlers aren't getting over, it's on them, right? Not necessarily on the writing or the writer's team. Like it's them. But well, no, he said that like, it's on, he said it's on the team, you know, as a whole. Right. Is what he actually said. He said that it's not, well, Pat was the one that said, is it on the wrestlers themselves if they don't get over? And Vince was like, nah, it's it's the team as a whole. Like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not just the wrestlers' fault. It's the whole team that's responsible for that situation. Well, so, and and I'll I'll touch on that, right? So let's use use an example, and we'll use one, right? And we'll use one because it's one major one that we need to talk about. Keith Lee. Right. Yes. So, that ball was dropped. That ball was dropped because that man is everything that you want inside of a wrestler. Right. He can move. He's agile. He cuts great promos. But that was the part. Right. Vince McMahon pulled uh, Keith to the side, and we know this because this was a, a conversation that he had on a podcast. Right. And I think it was on yeah. all sections, or was he with Chris Jericho? One or two. But anyway, pulled him over to the side and was like, "Hey, I want you to start cutting these promos this way. Right. Like this, like rough, tough kind of dude." And Keith was like, I'll try, you know, and he did. He gave yeah. it his effort, but he's not used to cutting promos that way because if we listen to Keith Lee for the last um years, he's just very – he's in his own style, and his style is yeah, like he is. over. Mm. So to have Vince come through and, like, tinker and try to play and tell him, like, you need to do it this way, this way, and this way, and he's trying to, and it's just not working out. 
it's like the Emelina situation, right? Like Emma, Emelina was never going to work, right? Oh God, no, not for her. Yeah, it wasn't a good role for Emma, right? Emma was very successful being who she was as one, as like her crazy baby face, that little Z thing that she used to do, right? That got up with the crowd Mm -hmm. really well. And then when she came back as a heel and she had like the aviators and she's rocking out the hand thing and stuff. Like I love watching Tennille Dashwood on Impact. Like that. Oh gosh, she's yeah, like that. That that's what she is. She's not that. I mean, she's a pretty woman. Do not get me wrong, and she looked great, like dressed up as that gimmick. But you could tell that wasn't her. And you got to remember, unfortunately, a lot of people will look at somebody and say, "Oh, this is what I see." Like you, all right, you see Keith. It's a big ass nigga. And the first thing you think when you see him, like even if you saw him on the street, it's like, yeah, I don't want to fuck with him. Like that's right. a big ass dude. And but then if you meet and talk to him, probably like one of the nicest fucking guys ever. And that's just his demeanor. He's not used to being that err, even though he got that err presence, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I can see why it was hard for him to Try to tap into something that he's never tapped in. But I feel like, and, and it's great that we're talking about that you kind of falter on the team, right? Because the thing is that, I, okay, so let's let's put it in let's at Q. Let's take it to this in a football sense, right? Uh, it was rumored, right? And I say rumored because I don't know this for sure, but uh, John Harbaugh did not want to bring on uh, Jackson right onto the squad into the squad. He mm. wants a pocket president quarterback. He's not used to having a mobile quarterback. But what did the Ravens do? They adjusted. They changed mm. their scheme up, and they ran to more of an RPO. Guys, run pass option, just for you guys who don't know what that means. But they went into a different – they changed the team up to match what his skill set was. Mm-hmm. And that's what WWE should be doing, right? Like, you should be matching – because you're trying to make the most money. Let's be real. The, the wrestling business is a business. You're, you're meant to draw as much money as you can out of somebody else's name. Let's be real. That's what it is. You're trying to draw yeah. all that money out, right? So you should be changing the skill set for your company to the talent to allow them to succeed so that they pull in more people. And that's mm-hmm. the problem with what's going on with WWE. is like anybody can wrestle. And Vince said it himself, right? Anybody can wrestle. Anybody can. Whether you're good or bad, yeah. you can wrestle. But – yeah. It's do you want to be a superstar? Well, clearly, clearly, we see someone like Keith Lee who wants to be a superstar, and the system should cater to those people to make them better, right? Mm-hmm. Austin, Austin, Chili McFreeze was never going to get over. Stunning Steve Austin, <laughs> was never over. Rocky Maivia wasn't getting over. Oh original, God, no. original John Cena in the red tights wasn't getting over, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the system changed for those people. Roman Reigns was not getting over until he nope. left and came back as the tribal chief. And, and I was just about to over. say that. Is it is it a is it a is it necessarily a bad thing? Is there a good a good thing in having a refresh button, you know? Um maybe because they already did go and like especially when you talk about Keith Lee, um the route they took with him was obviously the wrong one. But does that set the, him up for a bigger comeback, you know? Um because I, I, I think it's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um until that door opens up again, just the way wrestling works. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I definitely think they would bring him back. Yeah, and and always, you know, especially when people leave, you never know. It depends how long for, um, you know, will he still have that same 
kind of charisma and when he gets back, I think so for sure. But I think that refresh button isn't necessarily a bad thing. Of course, they went in the total wrong direction with him um, uh, and, and with everything they did to him. It, it was just it was awful. But, you know, if you think about maybe two years down the road, a year down the road or whatever, whatever can happen, um, that refresh button might be might be nice for them um, to hit come back on later on. But again, like you said, they should have adapted to him. Um, there's no need to make anyone try to do things that they they can't do. We've seen, and like you said, with stunning Steve and everything, we've seen them do it before. So it's like, why would you not want to invest in, in doing that with Keith Lee, especially someone who was so loved? You know what I mean? It's not like he was hated or, or people really didn't like him. Like he was, he was a big name in WWE, a rising star. It's like you got you got to work with that. Yeah, and that's the thing though. Is like, as as and this goes back to short term memories, right? Because we just we just had a question asked in, right? What was Austin's gimmick before he became Stone Cold? He was stunning Steve Austin. And even before yeah. that, wasn't the Hollywood Blondes? Like he, yeah, he was a tag team. Yeah. Right. Ran as a tag team. But like those weren't getting over, right? Let's be real. Surfer Sting was doing great. Okay. Then he became yeah. the Crow Sting and got over way more with the fans. And guess what? More people know Sting by his black and white face paint than they'll ever know him by his Surfer Sting. Oh God, dude! But I see original thing. That's what I grew up for, right? And I, like, like, so I mean, and it kind of sucks because I feel like Keith Lee slipped under the radar. Like, especially when, like, I know he was having some, you know, he's having some health issues and all of that too. So I don't think that helped the situation in his favor. If that makes right. any sense. Because you know how strict WWE is about the health of the wrestlers. Right. Like, you got to try to be healthy. And that, does, that, that, that doesn't help. Yeah. So, yes, they dropped the ball. I feel like I feel like they should have I'm not should have given them more time. <laughs> but, you know, decisions have to be made. It's a business, like I said before. Like, People get fired every day, B. Yeah, we get we get that one. I think that's the interesting thing about like this this industry, right? Is that like you know, and uh, we just got mentioned the ringmaster, right? Like, oh yeah, ringmaster. (laughs) Some people will remember that. Some people won't, right? Uh, But those those are what we're trying to talk about. Is just like people aren't going to remember most of those. They're because the business. The, the company didn't get really behind those names and they're just kind of waiting. It wasn't until they made the changes and they asked them to make changes that we saw what we saw, right? Mm. So they adapted. Like some wrestlers will adapt, but then the company also has to adapt to get other stars over. Rocky Maivia is a prime example of that, right? WWE was okay, like, hey, then. we're going to do this name with you. And they did that name and that name didn't work out. And so they were like, well, we're probably just going to have to cut him. And they're like, well, let's do this, right? And then they gave him the ability, like, I think he said it himself, like 15 seconds of just like whatever he wanted to say, they let him say it, and then it got over with the crowd because the crowd booed him, right? And we knew we were onto something. Um, it's the same way with the New Day, right? Like the New Day made some changes, right? Kofi, Xavier, and Big E, they all made their changes, and they they made they were successful. The company finally saw, oh, they're going to make money? Get behind him. Let's get this big push mm-hmm. going. The company made the adjustments, and I think it's interesting to hear Vince McMahon say, well, you know, sometimes when you cut wrestlers, you just cut dead weight. Like, well, is that really fair to say that you cut dead weight? Because a guy like Karrion Cross should never be coming out in like a suit that looks like from 
you know, beyond Thunderdome, right? Mm. Like his character is a killer and you were getting, you were getting success when you let Karrion Cross cut his promos at the end of Raw before he, they cut him, those two, three promos that he did when he was in the suit looking real fly. I was like, there we go. This is what I want to get behind. Then they're like, mm, cut him. Then they cut right. him. I was like, come on, man. Like you're not investing time into him. Like the quick turnarounds. Unfortunately, I understand like this is a business and you have a quick turnaround, but sometimes you got to plant those seeds that you're going to be like, hey, man, we're going to invest in this guy in a little bit of time. If he's not getting over, he's not getting over. Mm-hmm. Like, the helmet and the the, the, the <laughs> defenders, come on, man. Like, that wasn't it. And they knew it, too. But I just – I find it interesting, too. And we can go back and touch about um, the uh, the short-term memory. Like, they just – they don't want you to remember that like, these characters were these characters first. And that they weren't getting over, but they were mm-hmm. these good. WWE will take all the credit in the world, be like, look at how big Dwayne the Rock Johnson got. Yeah, but you were gonna cut him. Look at how right. big John Cena was. Yeah, but you were gonna cut him. It was because of Stephanie was like, Hey, you remember when you were at the Halloween party and you dressed like vanilla ice? Let's see if we can do something with that gimmick. We'll give you a little bit of time. Like you invested a little bit of time and then he brought mm-hmm. it back tenfold, right? Yeah. You should be doing that same kind of deal with these guys. It's just to me, it's it's crazy to see that the the company is like, "Hey, man, we have a winner here. Why don't we do this?" Right? They were they were quick to play off that storyline where Matt Hardy was trying to beat the shit out of Edge because in real life, Adam Copeland was sleeping with Lita. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, you also got to remember, though, too, it's not just the company getting behind the wrestlers; it's also the wrestlers willing to want to take a fucking risk, too. Right. Like, all these people that were saying that had these horrible gimmicks, they picked the ball up and took that risk. They went and said, hey, we should try this, or let me do this, or just give me five fucking seconds on the mic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's A lot of wrestlers nowadays are afraid to make waves. Mm -hmm. A lot of wrestlers are afraid to go out there and try something Knowing that their job might be on the line, but then it gets over. And I mean, what do you, what do you, what are they gonna do if you get over? Mm-hmm. All yeah. you can say is, "Oops, my bad." It, it, for me, in wrestling, it's always been about do first, ask forgiveness later. As long as you're not going into business for yourself and you're just trying to get your character over, like we'll give it Naomi with the belt. When she got that, when she got all the lights on it, he didn't have permission to do that. She did it, took that risk, and it got over. Mm-hmm. That's what more wrestlers WWE need. Do? What did WWE do? They made <laughs> that belt into a championship. Yo, I laughed so hard when I saw it. You know what else made me laugh with WWE taking advantage of when I talk about taking advantage of money situations? That whole motorcycle. Remember last year they were like, "Hey, check out the new the new ride that uh that Drew McIntyre has." Yeah, and they destroyed that. And what did they do? <laughs> Three months later, here comes the motorcycle out as a as a figure that you can buy. Yeah. <laughs> and who was they... the characters? Drew and Ginger were the characters yeah. that you had to beat up the bike with. <laughs> and see, that's the whole thing. It's. If the wrestlers are willing to also take more risks, and I get it, sometimes you don't want to make those waves. Sometimes mm-hmm. some people, we have to also understand that some people are happy where they're at. Yeah, some people are just happy to fucking be there. 
Yo, actually, hold on. So Rich has been dropping in a lot of names, right? Duke the Dumpster, uh, Chavo Guerrero, <laughs> like, you know, Curran White, Spark Plug, Sparky Plug. Actually, that's actually a good Sparky call. Plug. But here's one that he said. Bob Spark Plug, Holly. I want to put this one up here, right? Because he Papa Shango. Papa Shango, right? Like, and it's interesting that you mentioned that name in particular. And I only picked that one out because you've put in a lot of names. I'm just putting this one out there. So Papa Shango, right? That character was over with he was. the crowd, right? Very he heated. Was. He had a lot of heat, but that character was over. And it was when Charlie decided, hey, you know what? I want to try out this other character where I walk out and I have a bunch of hoes behind me. Like, then that character got over. And the good one. Well, you gotta forget the one. You forgot the one. You you got you forgot about the one in between Papa Shango and 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 Godfather. Uh Kama Mustafa. Oh yeah. When he That didn't really see, but that didn't get that didn't get over as well as it should have. He got a little bit of heat when they did that angle where all the villains came out and attacked Undertaker. Um, he stole Undertaker's urn and turned it into a gold chain. Mm-hmm. And and he him and Taker had some great matches in that little feud that they had. Yeah, but it it didn't drain the steam like it should have until he joined like the Nation of Domination, and then he changed his gimmick again, and then he just he kind of just skyrocketed. Yeah, popularity. And by all means, like that could have been Vince in the back, just like hey. You know, you should do this thing where you're a pimp and you have a stable yeah. behind you. Like, yeah. and he's like, you know what? I'll try that. And you're right. Like, some wrestlers out there will do like change and mold the characters, right? Because the companies ask them to. Like, a perfect yeah. example would be Kurt Angle, right? Kurt Angle, yeah. like when he came in, he was very much like the very serious kind of person. And then, like, he was the wrestling machine. And then, remember, for a while there, he was the comedy guy. Oh, like, God, he was fucking hilarious. He, he was, was oh, fucking God, was so hilarious. Funny. But it was just – it's that idea that, like, hey, um, you got to be willing to take the risk, right? But you also mm-hmm. got to, like – at the end of the day, if he would have flopped as a comedy guy, I'm sure they would have just pulled him back and been like, hey, man, we're just going to put you back in a serious role. Just that's, yeah. that's your wheelhouse, right? Exactly. But and it, going is, back, it is – Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Going back to that Naomi thing real quick, too, just to bring up a, another question is when you look back at all the times that WWE was able to cater to – you know, their talent instead of, you know, just cutting them off. You kind of think about one with the Naomi situation, she was a champion. Um, And then you think about that lead way that some people have and that some people don't. I think that's probably one of the toughest things is trying to get that lead way. Because if you take that risk and you're not necessarily where you should be to be taking those risks, you come with way more harsher consequences than if, you know, you're already somewhere that's pretty solidified as a champion. You know what I mean? in a pretty solidified spot. Not saying that they can't just make you drop the belt, but it is a lot tougher for that to happen. Um, so I think that's the big thing. I think with the way times have changed too, like now that we're living like, you know, getting kind of post-COVID and things and, and with all that, like business is just like a flurry right now. Like, I mean, just with the cuts and stuff. But I mean, even I, th- I think today they're just highlighted a bit more, but I mean, WWE has always been like kind of like shifting talent, which is I feel like something that kind of does have to happen. Um, not everyone is correct, but I do feel like that the way that they're moving, um, it does have to happen when you have such a talent pool that you have. Now you have NXT too. You have a lot of people that you're investing in, a lot of people that you're bringing in. I mean, 
you look I, when you just look at the NXT roster. I mean, you got people coming from everywhere with athletic backgrounds, and you know, not even all indie superstars at this point. So like now, they're really just you know investing in entertainers, which is which is what it is. You know, like you said, like you know um, about Vince and that podcast is like uh, who wants to be a superstar, and like being a superstar isn't necessarily just wrestling. And um, I no, think that's no. like one of the biggest takeaways, man. It, it's yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, like you said, WWE is entertainment. They're mm-hmm. sports entertainment. It's around. It's more of a roundabout situation because you know they rely. They're on national TV. They can't just sit there and have as much as we would like to just sit there and say stop all the fucking talking and just fucking wrestle. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. It's a fucking episodic TV show. Yeah, and people TV. pay millions. I mean, Saudi Arabia paid them what fifty million dollars each time or something like that. Yeah, Some crazy number, right? <laughs> so, like at the end of the day, it's a show. I mean. Don't get me wrong. I do miss the back in the old days where it was like only a little bit of talking, but more action. But like, dude, this is. This like, is what the thing is though is that there are certain wrestlers out there who can cut promos, and this goes back to our our, our point with Keith Lee, right? There are certain people who can cut promos, and there are certain people that can't, right? We know that yeah. Keith Lee can cut promos, but the thing is that WWE wants guys to cut promos the way they want promos cut. Exactly. And, they sometimes you have to make that adjustment because Xavier Woods is excellent on the mic. Let's be a hundred percent, right? Oh, Kofi yeah. is really good on the mic. Big E at first wasn't that good on the mic. So they didn't really let him do a whole lot of talking. They just kind of let him do big E things, right? Where he was mm-hmm. being playful and funny. And then once he got comfortable on the mic and started doing his thing, they started letting him have the mic more. Another perfect example of someone who wasn't cutting good promos at first was suffering succotash. <laughs> Roman himself. Right? He was right. terrible at cutting promos. Oh, God, he was. He and was. when he was in the Shield, they were like, hey, just don't say anything. Let Seth do all the talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dean can say, like, his crazy lines because he's the lunatic. And Roman, you're just a muscle. You just, ooh, ah. That's, right. that's you. That's you the might, line you're allowed to say. You might, get one or two, you might get one or two words at the end of the promo to put the yeah. Shield over. That's about it. Believe that. It? That was the only <laughs> thing you said. <laughs> But and like look, sometimes you gotta do that. Yeah, but then like you know, he started getting he really started focusing, and that's the other part too, right? Like he really invested in himself because he went and started taking acting classes and learned how to cut those promos. And like now you see the benefits of it. But when you look at Keith Lee, he was cutting those promos, just not in the style that WWE wanted, and that was the problem. Like they were just like, listen, even though his promos, his promo style was fly. I love Keith Lee's promos because he doesn't have to be that. This is who I am. I'm the big mean guy. No, he's just like, listen, like, I can be you. I can be everything that you want and be everything you don't need. And he conveys the same emotions out of people by the way he handles his business and the way he talks. And I feel like that's where WB missed the boat was like, hey, man, like, yep, Keith, no, nah, Bearcat. Oh, no, that's not working either. Out, out. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that was, that's just, that's, Unfortunately, this business, fuck, in general, life in general is nothing but profiling. It's like you see somebody and say, oh, well, you know what that person's like. You know what I mean? So it's, unfortunately, that sucks because mm-hmm. they didn't get a chance to get to know him or, or several others that have been released where you're like, wow, like, Damn, 
and, and sometimes people fall through the cracks. That's that's the that's the downside to having so much talent. Someone's saying I enjoy dashing Cody Rhodes. Stop it. Disfigured wow. Cody was so much better. <laughs> yeah, he was Cody. I, uh, dude, yeah, I, I miss him. I miss that. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Cody, let's get into talk about it, right? So tonight is AEW Revolution, and we are going to play If I Had the Pencil. It's simple. Who would you pick to win if you had the pencil? As Chaz will tell you, the pencil is the most dangerous weapon in professional wrestling. It can either make yeah, you a star or erase you out the books. So. Yes, Let's talk about, let's talk about, let's jump into it. So our pre-show match, first match that we have coming up, is going to be Hook versus QT Marshall. Uh, I'm not going to front. I'm taking Q. All right, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm taking, taking Hook, Hook, man. I'm here to say, whatever <laughs> yeah, you're smoking, please Hook, pass man. it this way. <laughs> Send in Hook. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hook, definitely. Got Hook, baby. All right, so in our next match, we do have... Uh, this is actually a match I'm actually looking forward to, personally. We have legit Layla Hurst versus Chris Statlander. Um, and I think I'm going to go ahead and take the legit one in this one. Legit Layla Hurst. And I'll tell you why. Um, I feel like if you're going to have Hook win, and Hook's already a fan favorite, you know, why not let why not let the baddie win? So I'm going to take – even I, I'm pretty sure they're going to let Chris win this one. I'm just going to go ahead and just take Layla. What about you, Dark Lord? I'm going to take the weirdo. Chris? Yeah, yeah, the alien. Uh, I think I'm going <laughs> to um, I think I'm gonna have to call, uh, I don't know, what, what, what's, I don't know, the government, because I think they need to check her out. <laughs> All right, Q, who you got? I'm going with the Dark Lord, baby. <laughs> we got the same one, baby. So let's talk about... Our third pre-show match. This is going to be interesting because it is House of Black versus Pac, Penta, and Eric Redbeard. Eric, who just made his debut uh, on AEW Rampage last night. Well, Friday night. So it was definitely cool to see him make his return. I should say return. Not his debut, but really his return. Um, I'm not going to front. I'm taking House of Black. Uh, it is so hard to go against Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Murphy. Well, Buddy Matthews. Sorry, Buddy. Ooh, that's that's a lot of good people on each team. Yo, right? This, <laughs> oh, um, House of Black. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with the heels, even though the other side is kind of heelish themselves. I feel like in, out of all six of these people, ain't none of them are squeaky clean at all. <laughs> so that's why I said it's hard to choose. I mean, I go with Pat, Penta, and Redbeard, man. I think I, – I mean, I was going to say House of Black, but when you guys just were so quick and adamant about it, man, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, well, personally, it's because I, I'm just a fan of Malachi and Matthews. And yeah, same here. Like, yeah, and I, I love Penta as well, and I love the fact that we get uh, Penta Scorio back, right? So mm-hmm. our evil Penta. But, I mean, let's be real, man. Like, it's, I, I, it, regardless, I mean, this is like, this is going to be probably the, 
one of the best matches that we're going to see on the card. Like, I know a lot Probably. of people are going to great, but this is going to be one of the cards that we're going to be like, Joe, we got to talk about this match. <laughs> yeah, no, because it's like, it's six really good people. No six guys are going to be like, you put us on the pre-show? For right? what? We're going to show you why you should have put us on the main card. <laughs> Hold on, depending on what you're telling me is on the main card, I might have to call up Booger Sugar Khan and tell him to change it. All right, so let's get to talking about the rest of the card, right? Uh, first match that they do have on here is Jade Cargill versus Tay Conti. This is for the TBS Championship. I'm going to be front. I'm just going with Jade. Yeah, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> She's strong as hell. Come on now. You know we got to go with Jade Cargill. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> She's strong as hell. You're really... yeah. Hands down. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Right. Whatever. So Whatever. our next matchup that we do have is going to be AHFO. So Andrade, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy versus uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting. Uh, I want to go with Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Sting. But after the seeds were sown on uh, Rampage, I'm going with AHFO. Ooh, see, this should have been on the pre-show. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, seriously, this should have totally been on the pre-show. I'm sorry. Um, I've been a little disappointed in Matt Hardy. Matthew is uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I long, I've been a little disappointed with Sting too. So I mean, shit. <laughs> if you had told me that it was Private Party versus. Guevara, Guevara, and uh, and um, Darby. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I would have been okay with that. Actually, that would have been. I would have been like, all right, cool, main show. You just added in Sting and uh, Matthew. Nice. Yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> so, um, I would like to say that I care who wins this match. I kind of don't, but um, <laughs> hmm. Give me the fi- give me the faces. Okay, so just because I mean, one of them's champion, if you have him lose against them, I'm gonna be really upset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I, I mean so, you got Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara on the same team, bro. I, I don't see, I, I don't see how they're losing. Uh, I, I don't, you know. You would think that. I mean, but what could end up happening is Darby leaves, Sting follows. Sammy's in by himself, and mm-hmm. we already know sure. that AEW doesn't play that game where if you're three on one, then you suddenly make the comeback, and that doesn't happen. That they, they should, yeah, real quick. So, I mean, all right, well, easily happen. So, Q, did you make your pick? Yeah, yeah, I went with Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, the Sting, man. Okay, you got to clean. So win. let's let's move to our next match, which this is for the AEW Tag Team Championship. It is Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks, and I'm gonna just I I'm I'm quick witted with this one. I'm going with Jungle Express. Oh, you know what? I just thought about something. This should have been on the pre-show. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Which yeah, this, one? This tag. This tag. This tag. One. This triple threat. This. Yeah. No, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my pick. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about this match. Forgot about this bullshit. And it's because the young bucks are in it. It should be FTR. Just putting that out there. 
<laughs> they shouldn't be in this bullshit. Right. But yeah, however, I mean, um I'd like to see the Red Dragons win it, but Jungle Express just won the belts, right? Right. Yeah, give me give me uh give me the champs. Right on. Okay. Um, I mean I I I don't see the belt, you know, changing hands. I think they're I think Jurassic Express wins just because, like, I mean, it's going to look weak if they don't. So, it's going to be my pick. Okay. It is the Bucks, though. They might win it anyway just to be dicks. Okay. Well, and this is this is the first real big matchup for Jungle Express. Like, I know they I know exactly. they worked with the Varsity Blondes before, right? But I didn't see them run a match back with, uh, like, Santa and Ortiz. I didn't see them run a match with uh, FTR, right? So I definitely think that this is an interesting matchup, and I definitely want to see like how this one plays out for them because this will set the tone for those guys. Um, yeah, it will. So let's talk about our next matchup, which is this one's going to be hard for me to pick, but it is John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. I'm gonna get back to you guys on this. I'm gonna let you guys pick. <laughs> I need a moment too. I gotta think about this first. Hold on. Ooh. All right, Q. Go ahead. Give us your pick. <laughs> I mean, shit. I'm, I'm going with Brian. Um, I'm going with Brian. I, and now I'm mad you guys just put me in. Like, yeah, I didn't even make your picks, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, this, is like, this one's up. This one's up in the air, man. Um, for this, for the sake of storylines, I mean, it like that's the thing. It go either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm, I'm gonna just go with Brian Danielson just cause. Like, you go go and toss up now. At this point, um, yeah. yeah, this is one of those matches that are really a toss up. Um, either way, because I mean, it's not it's not gonna not happen again. I don't believe you know. What I mean, unless uh, unless someone just gets hurt forever, uh, it's not gonna not happen again. So I'm, I'm gonna say Brian takes this one. Yeah, and I want to go with Brian Danielson, right? Like story wise, it would just make sense that you can kind of keep this thing moving. But mm-hmm. God, like it's so hard because like I want to go with Moxley as well because I'm like, yo, like you know, Moxley's like the good guys, like. Yeah, it, and great point, too. Um, it's his first uh, pay-per-view back from his, like, absent, right, yeah. when he left. So you want to kind of get him, like, on the good move. But then, like, it's Brian Danielson, and you don't normally go wrong with him, especially because mm. the only time that he's lost was to was to Hangman, right? Yeah. So, like, how do you- and, again, how, how good of a storyline are you, are you making, you know, if you have Moxley win right now, as opposed to just having Brian take it. And I, I think, I, again, I think it's going to happen again. So, so why not just have Brian win this match? Yeah. It's going to happen, you know? And if, and, and, and he's going to, if he goes over, he's going over dirty and then mm-hmm. he'll do like the submission to make him pass out. So I kind of agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go with Brian Danielson on this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause I want to see him put that switch in a few weeks too. I definitely want to see John Moxley make that switch again, and I'm like, and like turn it on, especially if, especially if, if that happens, if Brian goes over dirty, I, I would. Everyone loves to see an enraged uh, John Moxley, so I mean, we get that uh, that mm-hmm. lights out match. 
Ah, so there will be blood. I hope so. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, I I see. I see. Uh, Brian winning. And uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get like that Stone Cold Bret Hart situation. You know, where like Moxie's like bleeding out, and he's got him in the label lock, and he just passes the fuck out. Yeah, like I could see that happening. That'd be hot as shit. Because remember, he said he doesn't—he doesn't run with anybody until he, ble- you know, bleeds with them. Right. The crazy yeah, thing is, is that I—the crazy thing is, is like I kind of want to see because there's like two things that we know for sure are going to happen in this match. One, there's going to be color. It, it's just going to yeah. happen. But two, uh, Brian Daniels' chest is just going to look like hamburger meat. Oh, God, yeah, hands down. It always does. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump into our next match. This is going to be Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. I'm not even going to front. I'm going with Eddie Kingston right off the the rip. Eddie. (laughs) It it better be Eddie. It better be fucking Eddie. Mm. I will personally kick Chris Jericho in the dick. Just putting that out there. I can see Jericho winning dirty easily. I could too. Easily. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, AEW's locked in. I can see Eddie Kingston winning dirty as well. Mm. True. True. Yeah, Especially I if Santana or Ortiz come out and interfere in the match. Mm-hmm. I do see Santana, Santana and Ortiz having an involvement in this match. Hands down. And like I feel like this might be the implosion of what the what the hell are they called again? The inner circle? Yeah. It's about time. Right or wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah. We'll see what happens. Kingston turns heel. Kingston well, Kingston is a heel. <laughs> yeah, he's always he a heel. But, but even I when mean, he's scared, he's a heel. <laughs> but are, are we gonna say yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, going going back to that again, I mean, when you think about Santana and Ortiz, if they come out, I mean, is there a question of whose side they're on more? Um, is is there no? No, not, I, I mean, I not my part. And I I say okay. that because we've seen we've seen that door swing like mm-hmm. in glimpses like. You know, there was that. There was the the promo right with Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Where Chris Jericho was like, "Hey, Jake, uh, give me the number to Homicide and uh, Hernandez, right?" Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like, you know, and you know, Santana flipped, right? He was like, mm-hmm. "Wait, what, don't you ever mention those guys' names in our presence, right?" So we've already kind of seen that door swing, and then even you know the tag match later, and then we saw um, the stuff with Eddie Kingston, where they're like, "You need to watch your mouth, right?" When you bring up his name, right? So. The, the seeds are already there, so that they did flip, if they showed up, and that flip could happen. <laughs> Hands down. And I'll be like, that's what you get, Jericho! <laughs> I just want you him to leave. Jake, you, and, you and Hager can go run around roughshod, whatever you want yeah. to do. <laughs> I just want them both to leave. I want Jake Hager to go back to whatever the fuck he was doing, and <laughs> Jericho needs to just stick to music. If I see him with his shirt off one more time, I'm going to throw up. Let's no, that like Judas is a hit, baby. And see, music, he's great. 
I don't know All what right. happened to wrestling. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about this next match, right? So we do have the face of the Revolution Ladder match coming up. It is for the AEW oh. uh, TNT Championship. We have Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, and Christian Cage. Uh, really? I, I'm not. I'm That's not going to it. I'm going with Keith Lee. <laughs> Okay, so you want me to? I'm gonna, all right, before I take my pick, I'm going to tell you what's my problem with this whole entire fucking match. Why in the blue fucking hell are you pitting your three biggest niggas to put in a fucking ladder match? The fuck are they climbing ladders for? Why are you pigeonholing these guys? You are you are putting them at their weakest. What the fuck? Warlow can damn near jump up and grab the fucking belt. He, he really fucking can. Keith Lee probably can because that nigga get jumped. Yeah. Like, why are you putting and like you talk about three really good big people? They're like their biggest, strongest people on the roster right now, and you put them in a fucking ladder match to go after a Sonic ring. Oh, I forgot. And then, you, the and, ring. <laughs> and then you're putting these three guys that should not be even touching each other right now. No, it's true. So now you get ready to put a loss on possibly Keith Lee, who just got there, Wardlow, who you're fucking building, and Hobbs, who you're trying to build. One of them is getting a fucking L. Well, and then you got Kristen Cage. Oh my God, you got that dumbass in there. Fucking pockets. And who else? Yo, I love pockets. <laughs> I want to make. I just want to trip him down a flight of steps and while he Ricky, has his Ricky Stark is the last one that you're missing. Ricky Stark. Ooh, I like Ricky Stark. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I just love the, the, the. Yo, and it's just like you're cool. Or, no, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck, you're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> That's what that so, was. So it was. It was. Um. I want to say the person that needs to win this match and it would hurt if they lose it is Keith. Yeah. Because he's the newest. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't win this, I just hope it doesn't end up like another Adam Cole situation. So I'm going to go with Keith. I'm hoping he's going to go over because he needs to go over compared to everybody else. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. So, yeah, give me Keith. Even though it'd be kind of cool if Ricky Stark did win, I ain't gonna lie. Like I, I like he might, he's my, he's my dark horse pick, just in case he does win. Because like I think that'd be hot if he went. Because I like Ricky, I fuck with Ricky. All right, Q. Yeah, this is interesting. This one's interesting. This one's my favorite, actually, because I, I really think that Keith Lee is actually going to have at least some kind of a feud with Starks. So that that leads me to think, and I think Wardlow losing this match is makes sense. It does make sense, but I see I, I see him winning because I, I feel like Keith Lee is going to go into a few Starks, um, which could then include Hobbs. So he, he, it's I could see Wardlow winning this match just because um, you have you know storylines for everyone else already made. But again, I mean, I could see why Keith Lee. Would be the winner, but I'm gonna go with Wardlow just because I just because I really think that Keith Lee's gonna have a feud, 
So I don't think this is going to be the the be all end all kind of a thing. See, I think this feud. So it's funny you mentioned that, right? I think this match is actually going to come after another match we're going to talk about, mm. and it's because a Sean Spears is going right. to be the X factor in this match. Okay, so I think that's why I kind of want to go with Keith because I feel like you know at one point Hobbs and Stark are both going to try to go for the belt or go for the ring. They're going to be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And then someone's going to knock him over, and then you know Keith goes and grabs the ring. At least that's what I hope happens. But let's go into yeah. our next match, which is definitely one that I'm very interested in. I don't want it to go one way. So this is the AEW Women's Championship match, and we are talking about Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Thunder Rosa. And can't even fake it like I don't want it. I want to see Thunder Rosa win. Mm -hmm. But will she? See, see, I'd like to see Thunder Rosa win, too. But I don't know. I feel like Brit's money right now. She is. Like, hands down, she's been the best women's champion so far. I, I don't care what anybody says. And, and they finally – I know they took a while to get to it. And you know what? I get it. It was, it was a good build to build her up to, you know, take that mantle. So, I mean – I know we've been dealing with some shitty ass champions. I mean, what's her name? Kushida? No. Yeah. No. What's her name? Yeah. She was pretty decent, but then she was also champion at the wrong time. Right. Like anybody that was champion during this whole pandemic shit, just they just got the short end of the stick, unfortunately. Like right. they didn't get their fair shake. But she looked. She did her thing as much as she possibly could while she was champion. But no, Brits market. Some money, so I, I'm giving give me her. Okay, so nice, nice. I became a fan of Thunder back when uh, Red Dog mentioned her to me a few months ago. Um, so that that is my like, like I I want to pick her, but I also since I've been watching her, I've again I talk about that. Um, she had a Mercedes Martinez match, and um, I think she tagged with like Ruby Soho. Um, so like. I, I think she and and she's even you know been on elevation and whatnot, so I, I don't I don't see him giving her that, giving her the belt right now, so I'm I'm gonna go with Baker retaining it, just because of just because I feel like, Dunder's still, working on different things and, um, if any, if wrestling means anything anymore I don't I don't I don't see her taking the title right now I don't think yet but um, so I see Baker retaining this one. Okay. Well, I'm not going to front like I don't want to see the women's title on Mission Pro Wrestling. Like, right. just be honest. Man. Just <laughs> Thunder Rosa's own promotion, like, and mm-hmm. she gets to defend it. Like, I I have no problem seeing that on there. I, mm-hmm. I want to see it. All right. So let's talk about the dog collar match. This is CM Punk versus MJF. Uh, I'm not going to front. I think CM Punk's winning this match. Uh, so this should have been the main event. I'm just putting that out there. It's your biggest yeah. story. Yeah, no, it is. It's the biggest story. It's the best story. And, uh, yeah, like, ooh, who's going to win this? <laughs> the question is, would this be the end of the situation or the middle? 
So it all depends on if they're going to have another match or not. Mm-hmm. Um, either man losing is not going to hurt him. I right. that's how I feel. Like MJF can lose this match and it's not going to hurt any of his fucking momentum whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If MJF wins, I feel like the story is going to continue. Punk's not going to stop until he beats him, right or wrong. So. The question is, do we want to see this drag out longer, or do we want this to end now? That's where you... It's been hot. It's been real hot. But... I don't know. It almost feels like a little bit of a finale to the situation. Give me pump. Okay. Yeah, um, back to it. Again, like you said, MJF can spin in any direction after this. Mm-hmm. I'm all about evening scores, though. Um, so I think Punk does win. Um, can they have another match after this? Sure. But again, MJF is is so good that he can, you know, if he takes this loss, it can still spin him into a total another storyline, and you wouldn't even have seen it coming, you know. But okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, again, evening score-wise, you know, Sell the feud. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Punk right now for tonight. Bet. So let's talk about our last match, which will be for the AEW World Championship. It is Adam Hangman Page versus Adam Cole, baby. But I'm not gonna play around like I'm like a guy I didn't make my mind up two weeks ago when I would sing about this match. It's gonna be <laughs> Hangman. Yep. My bad. I, I feel like up. it's Hangman. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I feel like Brick Baker should uh, take Adam Cole's spot. He's in better shape. He looks better. Um, hey, I'm not gonna. Sorry, no, Adam. Don't do that to him. Yeah, a couple weeks ago that made sense. I would definitely agree. But the way he looked this last this this last Wednesday. Mm, I'm gonna have to oh, say no. He, hey, so he stopped Adam, being a fat Adam ass. Look <laughs> Adam looking tight. He, said, uh, he better be because you know I was getting I was getting worried there for a second. He let himself go. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, made fun of him. He was like, you know what? All right, maybe you guys were right. I'm gonna just. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a little large it's around the middle. Some sweet sweat going on, right? Rubbing on my skin, get that all tightened down. Um. Uh, would it be horrible of me to say that it's almost a little too late for Cole for me right now? Uh, I do not like the way he was be- he's been used. Now, however, though, I will say his interaction with Hangman has been very entertaining. I can't deny that. We all know that Cole can talk his ass off, period. He's good. He 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 is good, but I don't feel like he's done anything important enough to deserve this opportunity. Seriously, if you, I, I I like who has he really beat of actual note? Then again, Hangman's not of actual note either because he hasn't been doing that great. It's been kind of boring. You know what? Uh, I don't care who wins this match. Um, <laughs> 
this is what Hangman's third title or second title defense. Well, who, third. Brian Danielson. He had uh, Lance Archer. Third. So this is third. Yeah. I see him retaining. I don't see them giving it to Cole yet. But I mean, hey, who knows? The Bucks probably talk uh, Booger Sugar Khan and putting the title on it. So who knows? Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I know. Honestly, I think the next champion that's going to be coming around, uh, if it's not Keith Lee or Jay Lethal, it's a fucking shame. That's what I'll say. Oh, yeah. don't get me started on Jay Lethal. God, they dropped the ball on him. How do you do that? I, I, I don't know, but it that's the buildup. That's what needs to happen. So that's the card. And then you guys know what it is. It's time for the Red Dogs Power Rankings, which we're going to get into right now. And we don't have no intro. We're not doing all that. No, 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 no. We are just going right to it, okay? So you guys already got my honorable mention, which it did mention. It was the Street Profits versus RK Bros. So let's move into number 10, which is going to be Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Versus the Dark Order and Hangman Page. You guys can find us on Dynamite. I thought this match was really good. We're moving into number nine. It was Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens versus Alpha Academy on Raw. If you guys didn't see that, go God, look at that. the teamwork between Rollins and KO at the end of that match. <gasps> Bruh. I forgot about that match. That was a good match. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was a great match. We're going to move wow. into number eight, which was a match that was mentioned earlier today. Uh, Ricochet versus Sami Zayn on SmackDown. So definitely fire, fire for that. Number seven, we're going to talk about this one because this was this was a sleeper match that I don't think a lot of people were paying attention to, but they should have. It was Carmelo Hayes versus Pete Dunne on NXT 2.0. That, that was good. Yes. <laughs> we're going to move into number six. It was Finn Balor versus Damian Priest on Raw. That shit was just heavy hitting. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about another match that was heavy hitting that a lot of people aren't really talking about, and I and I think it's because there was so much good wrestling, people weren't mentioning it, or that, or they're just so mad. But it was Gunther versus Solo Sokoa uh, on NXT 2.0, which also a fire match. That was really good. That's what I'm saying. This is a good <laughs> week of wrestling. It and has been revolution. Let's get into. Our number four match, it was Jay White versus Alex Shelley at uh, Sacrifice, man. Like, whoo, Lord. It was so good. We're going to talk about our next one, which, you know, let's be real. After the announcement of Ring of Honor being bought, uh, Brian Danielson versus Chris Daniels on Dynamite. Great, great Yeah, that match. was great good. Story. That, that really was good. Let's talk about number two. This was just filled with a lot of action, a lot of good stories, and a lot of good storyline being set up for tonight. It was Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen versus Andrade El Idalo uh, on Rampage. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about our number one match, which we have not talked about, and I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. It was Tasha Steeles versus Mickey James at Sacrifice. It is my top match. Why? Because we have a new Impact Knockouts champion, and it was. Fly as shit. <laughs> that's that's my reasoning behind why I picked that match. Emotion, I was invested a lot. So there you go. That's your power rankings. Thank you guys. Nice, nice, you, guys. Nice. you guys, you guys like the list. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I'm not disappointed. I like, I like that number one, baby. I do. Hey, yeah, number one. Yeah, no, I can I see like why you more. So, with that being said, you guys, uh, Q, let our listeners and viewers know where they can find you again. Oh, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Same thing. Just my name, man. I don't do anything crazy. You know what I mean? Quayshawn Alexander. Um, real easy. Always follow back, baby. I uh, love everybody. So thank you for checking me out if you do. And if you don't, well, then, you know, you're just missing out. That's all I can say is you're missing out. <laughs> Facts. Well, there you guys have it. That's our show. You guys know what to do. Check us out right here. Twitter, you know, three count underscore pod. Over here on Instagram at three count pod. And then, of course, on TikTok as well at three count pod. We will be live tweeting uh, Revolution. So if you guys want to keep up with us, keep up with us. Uh, and as always, this is what we do. Last but not least, make sure you know you buy our t-shirts, ProWrestlingTees.com. Check out Now Ancient Ring. Check out this debate show. It's going to be on our YouTube channel again because that's what we like to do. And in the meantime, between time, guys, thank you for joining us. Love seeing your faces. Uh, someone go out there and make sure that Chaz didn't die. Uh, I don't know. He's, you know, in his main event match. Uh, He'll be all right. He'll be all right. <laughs> but, uh, much love, guys. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the three count podcast debate show you guys want to do tune in next time and be there or you know be somewhere else